This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is a hundred percent Australian owned and local. Phone one three one eight zero six. Welcome to Tuesday with Ash Pollard. Thanks to Red Energy, one hundred percent Australian electricity and gas. That's Red Energy. This week, I'll be chewing the fat with a dynamic duo. Two of the most cleverest people in the world. A team that created what undoubtedly is the most incredibly awe-inspiring human ever to hit this planet Earth. Me! That's right, my parents, Gail and Jeff Pollard. To set the scene... I'm interviewing them in their kitchen today and because of COVID-19 restrictions, thank you very much, have a nice day, they have not yet been able to see me pregnant and there is T-minus two months until I pop, so let's see what they've got to say about it. Hi, Mum and Dad. Hi, Hi, how are you? Well, thanks. Mum, I know you're nervous because this is not your forte. I was all right at school with my lecturettes. Well, when I asked you to come on this podcast, you panicked and you asked for my line of questions and not even the biggest of celebrities really ever get a line of questioning before the actual interview. And I'm a big celebrity. Mm, Apparently so. Welcome to Tuesday with moi, your daughter, Ash Pollard. Thank you, Ash. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Ash. Yes. Thanks for energy. Thanks who? Red Energy. Yes, my sponsor. (laughs) They'd love that. So we are going to talk all things food and, of course, fam, but um, I think we should crack on and start with the big question, a question that I, I already know the answer to because it was prevalent in our lives, food and family celebrations, um, how did that become so popular for us as a family? Because you guys are big entertainers. Because we lived in a hotel when you were a baby. That's where part of it kicked off. But Carl's mum and dad were being into the catering side and entertainment as well. So it meshed together. I think we just like people. Yes, we had a hotel, right, and we didn't um, cater in the hotel. But when we moved to the Gold Coast, your father invited every man and his dog to the house. So it just grew from there, really. People like cooking. We like cooking. We like having people around. And that's how it evolved, I suppose. So I was born in Tasmania and um, I moved from Tassie with you guys when I was four. In my early days in Tasmania, I lived in a hotel, as you said before, Dad, Hadley's Hotel, which is is it one of the oldest hotels in Tassie? 130 years old, built by the convicts, mm-hmm. staffed by the champions. And you owned that? <laughs> yes, correct. There's a story that you told me many moons ago about a bloke that lived in your attic who is now a really well-known painter, Tom Samick, and you guys used to kill the pigeons up there and cook it in the kitchen? Well, I wouldn't use the word kill. Capture is better. Capture and slaughter. They were called squab. So instead of serving it up in a little crock pot as a pigeon, Tom would serve them up beautifully done and they were called squab. And you'd get them from where? In the attic. Gross. Because the attic was open to all manner of things, including... And he lived up there in a little lean-to. He was a very interesting man. 
I and wonder, he was a very good game chef. I wonder if that would fly these days, capturing pigeons in hotel attics and serving them to your <laughs> guests. We used to have a game night once a month and that was the reason how that became a member of the menu and he was excellent game cook, kangaroo or any of the native animals that inhabited the place. You had you never had any fatalities in the hotel? <laughs> no. Not through no. that. Oh. No. So fast forward a few years and then you find yourselves uh, on the Gold Coast. Again, you were managing a um, like a gated community, is that right? Correct, with a restaurant attached. Yes. Um, funny story for you there. You guys left my sister Lily and I uh, at home in bed and decided to go down to the restaurant one night. Mum, mm-hmm. don't be mortified. It's a great story. Uh, so you left us asleep in bed. I don't know. How old were we, roughly? Oh, you were 15 and 16. As if, Mum... Lily was no. still a baby in a cot and needed a bottle, so that it was young. But off you popped down to the local restaurant in the gated community, and I woke up to my sister yelling out for mum, mum, and I thought, God damn it, where is she? What's she doing? Like, why isn't why isn't mum going to fetch Lily a bottle or whatever? So I ended up walking downstairs to find the television on, but no parents. So I walked back upstairs and I pulled Lily from the cot and I piggybacked her all the way to the restaurant. And I walked into the restaurant in my nightie with my sister on my back and all of the customers in your restaurant were quite surprised and I know that you both were very embarrassed. I was mortified. But we thought in those days that if we left the phone off the hook in the ro- in the bedroom and the phone off the hook in the restaurant. Mm. Hear any crying that we we'd be able to get away with it. But oh, is that how you did it? Yes, it wasn't. Didn't quite work. That mm. was the, in the days before you had monitors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dad, you have told me quite a few stories about that place where <clears throat> you were quite active in the kitchen. Apparently, you'd help the chef every now and again when they needed help. Yes. Um, and I'm still, I'm still waiting to actually see the results of that because your fried rice that I've had once isn't fabulous. But I tell you what, you do char a good sausage on the barbecue. Well, <laughs> thank you for that uplifting advice. But I'll tell you one story from the restaurant. So oh. we used to do catering, if you don't mind. Mm. And we had a catering. We were doing a Lions Club function, a lunch, and we had duck l'orange on the menu and a fish, and instead of putting one plate down on one side and one on the other, we let, we took orders and everybody, we went for the duck, and I didn't have enough, <laughs> and bought some chicken at KFC, brought it back, pulled the skin off the chicken, and poured the orange sauce on the chicken, and people loved it as duck l'orange. l'orange. Are, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Got to be creative, Ash. <laughs> that just, you wouldn't go. Like everybody would know that it's the, it's, nah, no way. There's no way about it. How would you describe our family's food culture? Well, casual food, I I suggest. We do a lot of barbecues, lots of salads. We do like Italian. Curries. Yes, beautiful Asian food. So you kind of like to plonk it down and sort of have that shared mentality on the table. Catering-wise, if mum caters and it's for 10... It's usually for 20. (laughs) Yes, I like people to help themselves. 
not fine dining. Dad, I want to just rewind quickly to, um, and I know you tried to change the sub- subject about your masterful barbecue skills. Why can't you cook? Excuse me, what? I'm going to jump in here, Ash, and say that your father used to be able to cook very, very well, but I just think he's too busy chatting away now and uh, just leaves things on a little bit too long. Right. And I can cook barbecues, by the way. Mm, If you were to cook a special meal just to spoil me, this question's obviously for you, Mum. What would it be? The thing that comes to mind is spaghetti bolognese because um, I know that you love it and it's quite simple, but I remember starting to cook spaghetti bolognese back in the day and I used to do it my homemade, own homemade Napolitana sauce. I spent a long time cooking it and reducing it and it was very, very rich and beautiful, but these days I don't bother about that anymore. What about dessert? Because I do have a sweet tooth. What would you cook me for dessert? I don't know, Ash. What, apple pie? Bread and butter custard. Um, Mm, Yeah, maybe. Not Not apple pie. Not pavlova, no thanks. You know what my mother used to give us? What? She used to milk arrowroot biscuits in hot milk and a bit of sugar on top. Oh, what about that dessert that, oh, not even a dessert. It was just like a little snack during the day, Dad, that you introduced me to when I was young. Rice, milk and sugar. (laughs) <laughs> cool, isn't yes. it? I used to love that. Yes. Also, also just rice with um, supermarket pouring custard I like. It's delicious. <laughs> what was I like as a, as a kid? Was I a good eater or would you say that I was fussy? You were fussy but you liked the good things. I was very happy about that. You'd, you'd always try something. And if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, but you'd try it, like olives and pickles and um, unusual things, blue cheese and um, strong you... cheddars and things like that. You, you would, and you loved fresh vegetables and that caviar. were cold, that weren't cooked. So um, that was all good, I thought. Yes, I liked that. But then do you think I've maintained my fussiness and still like the good things? Yes. Mm. But I think maybe you do indulge in those chocolate creamy things a bit. <laughs> in fact, just before I came into the studio, I had three tablespoons of Nutella. Oh, goodness. Delicious. <laughs> what was your food philosophy for feeding us as young kids? fresh and I used to make all your food yourself, myself. Lots of vegetables. Lots of vitamins. Lots of fruit. Yes, that's pretty simple. You want to know what was in your school lunchbox? What was what was in there, Dad? Go on, you tell. Oh, oh no. no. Was that a rhetorical? That was from you. So you tell us what was in my school lunch. Always fresh fruit. <laughs> um, sandwiches. Lovely sandwiches. Dad, With you don't your, know. I do. With beautiful fillings, I can visualise them now. No, because actually mum worked and the sandwiches I didn't particularly like sometimes because they got soggy. And also I wanted my apples cut up and they were never cut up like other kids' apples were. Because they go brown when they're cut up. Well, I just squeeze a bit of lemon on there, Dal. But what about, oh, you know, we were only allowed one piece of junk food in our lunchbox, so it was either a roll-up or a dunkaroo. Yes, (laughs) 
We were never allowed soft drink as kids, which actually I don't care about. And still to this day, I'm, I do not drink soft drink. And that's correct. But one I, thing that you literally rationed out like it was, you know, never, that it was just never going to be seen on shelves again was mm-hmm. a Tim Tam. And I frothed those when I was younger, so much so. As soon, I, as soon as I earned my own money and I was of legal age to do whatever the hell I wanted, I reckon I bought like 10 solid packets a week and just annihilated a packet a day. You certainly made up for all that ash. But now I'm sick of them. Oh, good. When I thrash what? food items, which I tend to do when I become obsessed, then I get sick of them. What well, about your liking for Walker's shortbread? Dad... Oh, my God. This isn't an episode about body shaming. I wasn't going to do that. Excuse me, <laughs> You want to talk about um, mum and my parents when I was a child, We well, teenager even, and we had the shack at Dodges Ferry in Hobart because we grew up in Hobart. We had the shack on the top of the cliff and my father had a boat and we'd go off, <laughs> set the nets at about 5 o'clock at night and it would take us a while to get there and then we'd get up really early in the morning and come pick the nets up and bring all the beautiful fish, including the crayfish pots, and then we'd green grill the crayfish on the barbecue with garlic butter. Oh, those were the days. I remember fishing in Dodgers Ferry with with Grandpa and we'd always catch flathead. Flathead. I wasn't wasn't fond of it because I'd get a bit seasick, but the flathead was delicious because it was fresh. Yes, they're beautiful fish. Mm. You're listening to Tuesday with Ash Pollard. Thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. That's Red Energy. I'm going to ask Dad this question, Mum. Mm-hmm. What was my least favourite food as a kid? What didn't I particularly like? Um, I have no idea. I'll have a stab and yeah. something. Lamb's frying bacon. Oh, my God, as if mum never served lamb's fry. Uh, I have no idea, Ash. I didn't particularly like boiled vegetables. I didn't like boiled carrots, steamed carrots, steamed or boiled broccoli, anything like that. You'd rather eat them fresh. Not even if they were crisp. Well, they never really were. Oh, okay. Thanks. (laughs) The mother bashing session, is it? No. You weren't a short order cook, Mum. Really, we you cooked and we all ate it. Uh, one dish that I remember fondly is your special chicken, and I've and I've cooked it when I was at. Well, in fact, I've cooked it now as an adult, but it's so basic. Where, it's so bad. Where did it even come from? And in fact, some people would vomit to even hear the ingredients. I made it up. Oh. And- When we came to the Gold Coast, uh, we met a lot of Japanese people and I did a Japanese cooking course and I also did a Chinese cooking course, just small ones, and um, um, I was introduced to soy sauce. Special chicken, I think, was soy sauce, wasn't it? Garlic, onions, tender loin, chicken and cream. And honey. Uh, And honey, that's correct, yes, and honey. (laughs) And I used to serve it with rice and broccoli or peas or something. Oh my god! Just to even just to even talk about the ingredients sounds so gross. But actually, 
It's really yum. Yes, it is nice, yes. But, but following on from that, that's where you got your education into Japanese food with the <laughs> Japanese friends we had in Queensland. Dad, to I was literally like eight years old and I had no interest in food. You used to love sashimi. <laughs> Sorry, what? You used to love sh- sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> So, and rice balls. Oh, I loved rice balls. Actually, that was a good snack in our lunchbox where you'd make the Japanese sticky rice yeah. and um, make them into rice balls with really delicious like seaweed toppings and whatever. And little surprises in the middle, yes. Yeah, more, more topping. Or little bits of tuna in the middle, Sesame things like seed. that, and out avocado. Delicious. Yes. So what do you think was the favourite dish that your mother used to cook you or the one you look forward to? Spaghetti bolognese or lasagna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a roast? No, she wasn't a roast girl really. No. You? Oh, you did make a really, well, you do still make a really nice plum lamb in the bag roast. Mm, what about the, the cooking at Christmas time? Yeah, I like the cooking at Christmas time, but I always look for diversity. Crayfish. And With that beautiful like dauphinoise. Oh, dauphinoise. Yes, dauphinoise. Here's a really great question, you guys. What are you most looking forward to about being grandparents? Because that's happening in a matter of months. Well, first of all, I'd like to see you Mm. in the flesh. That would be really good, and that's what we're waiting for, to be able to come down to see you. I can't believe it's happening, frankly. (laughs) Neither can I. And so isolated. It's sort of a bit unreal. It's um, going to be very interesting. What type of mum do you think I'll be? Because I think that you both think that I'm still a kid that still needs their hand held. I think you'll be a wonderful mother. I don't think you need your hand held. All I think is that we offer advice when needed, when you need it. And that's about it. Okay. So do you think I will be a chill mum or do you think I'll be a not-so-chill mum? Not sure. On edge. <laughs> On edge. It depends how your baby is. Do you think my child, given its parents, will be, how should I put this, energetic, well, rebellious, or calm and collected? Could be calm and collected like me. No, no. mum. I think the other way. I think he'll be energetic and, or she, and rebellious. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's father's rebellious. Well, so is the mother. No, not particularly. Just in silly ways, you know. I'm good at oh. sass talk. It's sass talk? Yeah, you've got to be clever to have sass talk. Well, I'm sure you'll be lovely parents. Oh, thanks. You'll be fine. Any advice you want to put on the record for me whilst we're here? Predictions about the child in any way? No, not at all. I wouldn't presume to do that. If he's in Victoria, he could be locked down for quite some time. You won't have to worry about him too much. It would be nice to know if it was a boy or a girl. Well, I'm not going to be telling that. Well, you know, do you? No. No. Okay. I only know when it's when it's here and arrived. Fair enough. When did I start to show interest in food? That's a very good question, actually. Because I don't ever really remember being that interested in it. I think when you left home to go to Sydney and then you had to cook for yourself. I think you worked in a pizza shop, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> An Italian uh, pizza shop. I think it was there because you lived in a Paddington and it was... A very interesting place with lots of 
fabulous restaurants around opened your eyes to what sort of food was available. You just went from there. And then when you went to Melbourne, it was the same thing. You're in seventh heaven. Mm. I think mm. when I came to Melbourne, that was a like that just opened my eyes to so much more that I'd never encountered before. And then when I met Camilla, who I went on MKR with, who's mm. born and bred Melbourneian and mm. who has parents that are hugely into food and wine and have a massive appreciation for it. I think I just jumped on that bandwagon with her because they showed me things that I had never seen or tasted before, but they sort of made it seem like it was all accessible, which it was. But they cooked really exotic things in the home and made it look so easy. Yes, you surprised us all, really, by going in that direction. By going on MKR? Well, yes, by showing your interest in that, in cooking which was a surprise. It was a surprise. But it's a great thing to have and a great life skill. Did you have any concerns about me taking on such a public role on television? Yes, in the beginning. No, for me. No. Why no for you, Dad? Because I think you've got a talent for that sort of thing and you can adapt really easily. Don't forget you you were skilled because you came from the actor centre, so... And some of the things you did there stood you in good stead for what you did in later life, especially MKR. Fear of the unknown for me, not knowing where the show was going, in what direction. So it wasn't like you're in a play with a script. And you followed that up really well when you did that Ashes Foodie Adventures where you've got to go away, speak to different people in different languages, find out about the food that they cook and the ingredients that go in it. That's not an easy thing to do. And then when you've got to come back and reproduce it, and you did such a good job with that, I thought it was a credit to you. (laughs) You're practically Italian. Thanks. So what was it like being parents of a really famous reality TV star? I used to hang my hat on it. I love, yes, your father. Yes, Yes. I know that. Dad Dad tried to push sales over the line by saying, oh, have you seen that show MKR? Well, that's my (laughs) daughter. Don't laugh. I pushed one over the line this afternoon with exactly that because he asked me. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every amount of money that you invested in, in me in the early days is now coming back in spades. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh, gosh. Right. What show did you prefer to watch me on? Because, I mean, it's no secret that I have been on many a reality television show. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Dancing with the Stars, MKR. Etc. Etc. I remember you calling me and saying you were, you'd been invited to go on Dancing with the Stars. I couldn't contain myself. I was so excited. Yeah. It was so nerve wracking though because it was live. But you did so well. It was fabulous. Dad, you've been pretty quiet during this interview for somebody that likes to chat. And Mum's normally seriously nervous, but Mum hasn't really drawn breath. Oh. Do, you, do you find it odd that I? am a daughter of yours and like attention and I'm a bit of a performer. Where do Mm. I get that from? Who do I get it from? Me. (laughs) I used to perform in operas because I went to an all-boys school. So when you were quite young and you had a soprano voice, the boys became the girls. What sort of songs did you sing? Pirates of Penzance, Mikado. Mikado. um, Rudder Do you remember any tunes from Pirates of Penzance? Yes, but don't ask me to sing one. Well, that was my next question. Can you just quickly give us a little rendition? No, I can't. I can remember one. The Green Valley, 
where streamlets meander amid the dark shades of the lonely ash grove. Was there by the twilight was peacefully twinkling. I first met that true love, the joy of my life. That'll work. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on my podcast, Mum and Dad. You're welcome. Make sure you edit some of it. Bye. Love you, the heart. I love you. Bye. And there you have it. My parents, Gail and Jeff Pollard. Who would have thunk it? I wonder if the Daily Mail might catch on to this one and write them up. Thanks for listening to Tuesdays with me, Ash Pollard. All thanks to Red Energy, as my dad said. Now's the time to switch to a 100% Australian electricity and gas retailer. Give him a buzz. 131 806. If you enjoyed Tuesday with Ash Pollard, then check out the other podcasts in the Red Energy Lifestyle series. For all things parenting, enjoy Mum Plus One with Joe Stanley. I have to admit, at the height of coronavirus lockdown, I gave up on all screen time restrictions. 100% Australian electricity and gas. That's Red Energy. Thanks for listening to Tuesday with Ash Pollard, part of the Red Energy Podcast Lifestyle series. Available on your favourite podcast platform and the SEN app.